to number two. <laughs> Welcome back to an isolated thought. Not the podcast, but where the views last much shorter, but still just as an effortless flow of <laughs> streamless consciousness. But the, today's review is on the 2021 James Wan film Malignant. And my God. Let's first enter an X-Files theme. And then, I'm just going to get straight into it. Malignant is a 2021 film, again, directed and produced by James Wan. If you don't know who James Wan is, James Wan is a heavyweight in horror. He's not Ari Esther in the sense of, like, he's like if Ari Esther was mainstream. And so, James Wan's OG, he direct so he has hella producer credits but producer and director credits he's directed the original saw he executive produced all the other saws including spiral i'm not sure i might have to correct me on that but he also directed the first insidious the first two insidious and then the first two conjuring films and then Aquaman for some reason. <laughs> but he, he executive produced all the other Insidious movies, executive produced all the other Saw movies. It's kind of like once he makes a good movie, oh, Annabelle too for some fucking reason. Anything connected to the Conjuring universe, he has something to do with. And so I feel as though the studio just said, yo, this guy, he's, you know, he he's proven. Once he proves a project, He's good to go. And so that's where we get James Wan again. If you know me, you know how I feel about the Conjuring movies. The Conjuring movies are the best horror franchise to come out this century. So over the past 20 years, there's nothing that comes close to the Conjuring as a new IP. That's a series again. There's some one-off films, you know. We only mentioned Hereditary. That's S tier. That's out of this world. That's you know Ari Esther. We, we we don't we don't talk about giants, but in the sense of series, yeah, I don't think anything comes close. There's no the Saw movies are a unique thing, but after Saw three, you just get really bad gore porn, and so. I was interested in Malignant because I didn't even realize that James Wan was directing it. I heard it, but I just saw something scary and I saw some, you know, early reviews without reading them because I don't want any type of spoilers at all. Like, I legit don't like going into movies with, if I really want to see a movie or anything, a video game, anything with a narrative attached, I want to go in with as little knowledge as possible. Let, let, the director direct let the writers write let the like you should be able to set people up enough to establish character names and settings without me having to have seen a trailer for it a trailer should get people interested it shouldn't serve as a prerequisite to your film none of that applies here if i just say James Wan's impact didn't necessarily attract me, but it was like, okay. And I, I heard once I re- really made the connection and I've seen people in reviews 
you can reference James Wan. That's where I was like, okay, the hype's kind of building. But I didn't, I didn't buy into it because I'm like, people say Hereditary's mid, so I, you know, I, I just don't get really caught up in a lot of the critic reviews. I mean, critic happenings and sayings, but they were saying it's just a masterpiece. Yo, who, what crack is it? Malignant. We're four minutes in. I haven't talked about the film. I have to bring the preface for it because. You're going to see a lot of people talking about this film. Good, bad, and indifferent. I ain't going to never lie to y'all. When sponsors come in, I still will never lie to y'all. This film is the equivalent of when you do a really good job on an assignment and your supervisor, your professor, whomever, is like, yo, you could do it. Like, you get a free ticket. Like, go do something. And, like, you could do whatever you want to do. And this is what the fuck this nigga James Wan wanted to do because it's really a clever film. But it's as if he had one idea and he tried to do it like eight different ways and then just submitted the storyboard and working draft. And it was like, no, yeah, this shit works. He's like, no, 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 no. Maybe I like, I was just thinking, I was trying to flesh it out. It's like, no, flesh. Yeah, we're going to flesh it all out. And they put it out. So. It was produced in 2019, but I don't think it was ever intended to come out in 2020 because filming ended in 2019. So, of course, beginning of 2020, by the time they're doing editing and post-production work, COVID. So, it came out when it's supposed to come out in September of 2021. And the stars, Annabelle Whale Wallace. I'm sorry, she's English. Not because she's English, but I just never heard of her before. Uh, she stars as Madison, uh, Maddie, but also Emily May. Again, also, sorry, spoilers, big spoilers. Again, if you're new to an isolated thought review, unlike the podcast, I give this is oh, they're always going to be spoilers because the podcast is meant to be in. You know, we're still going to talk about the shit, but also. I want everybody to listen to the podcast so I have to turn it off. So, yeah, she plays Madison, but then kind of find out Madison's actually Emily. And we have Maddie Hansen that plays Sydney Lake. You know, we play it's it's not a cast of people that you know. I'm gonna tell you that right now. <laughs> you don't know nobody in this movie. You just don't. So that I'm not even gonna name. I mean, give credit where credit's due. because uh, people are so actors, so I'm still gonna give them credit. George Young as Detective uh, Kyoto. Michelle White as Detective Regina Moss, Marina Mapez as Gabriel, which I, I guess that's the stunt person. Ray Chase is the voice of Gabriel. That motherfucker sounded like uh, the virus from Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase, because there's a couple times he laughs and it sounds like <laughs> like like I'm almost certain that if I looked up who Ray Chase is, that he plays. The voice from Scooby Doo and Cyber Chase. I'm, 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 hold on, where's that? I, there's no way he didn't do it. There's no way he didn't do it. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Anime, films, but there's no way. I'm trying to see. I'm, I'm looking up in real time because there's, he's a big voice actor, so he very, no, he didn't do it. Huh. I'll have to figure out who did that in a second. But, Yo, it's just, 
as unorganized as this review is, is how unorganized that movie is. In short, to get to the like premise, and then I'll go on a rant. Madison is a woman. She's pregnant, and she has a husband. A husband is some guy that this motherfucker has like 10 minutes in the movie, and he, at first, is kind of like, you understand him a little bit. Like, he's a little not my forte in the sense of the stressors of being a, a husband and having your wife be pregnant but still working. And so he's upset. He's like, you know, you should probably stay home and stop working if the baby is, you know, giving you a hard time in the stomach. And then he decides to say some fucked up shit. Like, how many, how many more? How many fucking babies am I going to keep watching you die inside you? Like, yo. My nigga, why would you say that? And then he decides, bro, he pushes her head into the wall and punches her stomach at the same time. It was the most wild shit ever. And so that action resulted in what you don't realize essentially is like the like the plot like that is that incites the plot to go forward from that point. And so after after that the boy go downstairs you no know, like she locks the door because her head get busted wide open like she's bleeding and shit and then he sits on the couch hears some sounds you know stupid movie shit he goes look around oh, why the blender on oh, why the refrigerator open oh, and he gets the fucking neck snapped and he dies and then we cut back to maddie maddie is sleeping in her bed with her head bleeding open and then she goes downstairs and she sees the husband's neck doing a fucking stanky leg and lo and behold she sees a figure and she runs and it's weird and so the movie ends up being this weird well I say it's clever is because there's things that we see so Gabriel is this parasite that exists on the back of her fucking head and takes over her body without her knowing it. Like, we don't know until the fucking, like, end of the movie that he's been taking over her body. This whole time we think that Gabriel's just an imaginary friend, but really he's a parasite in the back of her head. And when, you know, she got her head busted in, it, like, reopened the back of the head where the parasite was, and so now he can, like, he takes over her body, so, like, he is, like, the reverse of her. Not in the like Sith and fucking Jedi, but more so like legit. He used like he makes her arms turn around and shit and he like possesses her body because he's like a he's malignant. He's a fucking like parasitic twin that never died at birth. It's really fucking weird. Again, there's and there's some commentary about like I thought it really was pretty like I know they didn't it was made before the shit that happened in Texas with, like, the abortion ban and shit. But very almost near explicit commentary about women's rights and their bodies. Because there's a um, sexual assault um, warning that there's a child that gets assaulted and has to have a child as a child. And that plays into, like, there's just a lot of implicit things that 
is stated throughout, but a lot of explicit things. So I originally again was originally was gonna come here and shit on the film because it really still is shit worthy because it's it's a good film. As I said, as I sit with it more, it is clever. It's it does some things well, and at the same time, it's just solo. I don't know how you can call it a horror film. It's not even a thriller. It's a mystery, sci-fi, fantasy, weird thing. A masterpiece, the furthest thing from it. It's not even, again, it's not even, if I have to just give it a traditional, like, it's it's certainly not a bill of anger. It's not even worth the proper, it's not even, it's not even close. It's a, it's a movie that you watch with another person. I didn't watch it with another person. I watched it by myself. But it's a movie that you watch with another person just to be like to see their reaction. Like I would have definitely probably had a ball watching this with a friend. But probably not a movie you watch with a date. Unless it's like someone you're already dating and you got, like y'all know each other. But the first yeah, this is not this is the the writing's really bad. Everything's just, it's just really, it's really not, it's not, it's hard to explain. I think the concepts and the, not the concept, it's one general concept. But like, yeah, the general concept and and some of the, like, connecting dots is what keeps this movie from being horrible. Not dog shit, because it, it just does weird shit. Like, there's a a prison scene at the end or jail scene and there's it's a jail holding cell full of women and they're all like clearly just had dirt rubbed on them like they don't look like they should be in jail they just it doesn't make any sense and i'll go on the side tangent for one minute that's it it's already up to 15 minute mark and that is i i really hate the depiction of jail as a place full of just like these it's like what M. Night Shyamalan kind of does with mental health and de- demonizing it but in this case James Wan I won't say it's something that he's done hereditarily or um, habitually rather it's just a easy scapegoat to make like ooh the nefarious people of the world are in jail and Especially you just got done watching the night of, you know, about a week ago. It does a solid job enough of making nuance in jail that people are tough. Like, people are hardened and turned a certain way because of the environment of jail and not just because that's where the bad people are. Anyway, so this film sets up these fucking women actresses that look terribly like, come on, bro. You just grab some rough-looking Latina women and grab just a whole bunch of rough looking women that uh, rough when I say as in they just again were dressed in a way that made them look ridiculous and then they had one sole black woman that was dressed in this fucking random ass like 70's disco outfit with a big afro nice beautiful afro at that and it was just really weird like what is this fucking clown show of people in jail like I get it maybe to dehumanize them in a way so that when they all get killed by Gabriel it makes it less you know sympathetic I guess but 
it really was bad. Like it, it made it's many many moments throughout the film where you just ask why is that included? Like why are these characters here? Like the CSI girl that is flirting with Detective Coda. I don't think it's how you pronounce his name, but the male detective in the film. Like it, it seems like this was made. I was talking to a good friend that happened. She happened to see it with her family, um, and gave me a call while I was driving back from the theater. And she, when I told her who made the film, she was surprised because she could have thought that this was made by an amateur. It really does feel like the writing's loose. The character development, like it felt like. If anything, going back to my original point, I might take it back. That if the studio is like, here, you, you have an idea, we're going to give you like the smallest fucking budget ever. And because it doesn't look cheaply made, it feels amateurly made. It feels like La Llorona, the other film in the fucking Conjuring universe that y'all don't know exists there. And we should all forget about that exists there. Because this motherfucker produced that shit too, The Curse of. La Llorona, that I can I, I that movie was so so bad so bad. It, yeah, it just feels cheaply made like that. So, so there's so many. Yeah, the, the, sorry, CSI girl. She just flirts with him, but she has virtually no lines. She's just like it's really weird. It's I don't know what happened here. I say, check it out if if it's on. If you can catch it at home, like if it's on one of the streaming sites, do that. And even then, please expect that this is like there's weird humor throughout it. There's like there's no one that's redemption worthy. There's no one to root for. That's that's also like in a horror film, even if it's not a slasher, like, you know, a psychological or like a real suspenseful or, you know, kind of hair tingle, hair in the spine on the back of your neck, the hair on the back of your neck type of like scary even then you have to have a, a protagonist or two or some support characters that have sense the ones that don't go into the alley the ones that the the great horror films do that again we're not talking about slashers but we're talking about those films where people are truly afraid and aren't you know blindly walking into traps and different things that like yo why like who the fuck is just going to follow a creature who f- repelled down the side of a like ten story building into an a basement of a building down underground in a fog filled room like bro what are we talking about right now why what any of this makes sense bro you're a fucking police officer call this shit in as there's fucking sirens outside so yeah I'm almost saying don't watch this shit it's not it's so not good but it's so worth like watching just to get the like hmm okay so hopefully if you heard this shit you've seen the movie already if you didn't let me know this is kind of long again it's over 20 minutes I'm sorry I just it's it's a nice way of thought I'll make them shorter if y'all want me to make them shorter I can get more concise with it but I figured instead of going like this for an entire time of the podcast I'll just do this so again uh, this shit gets like, it, it gets two mustache men out of, what the fuck is that on your head? Uh, 
Yeah, my name is Langston Mail. It's Lewis and Ice Way. Thought. I thank you for tuning in.